Power from the Blazing Stone. Part 4. Spirits Above, Spirits Below. Over the next several hours, they tested a few different sites, extracting samples and looking for an elusive geothermal spring. The samples came out in cylinders of earth, in which holes, cracks, rubble or clay indicated fluid movement. As they went, they found more of these sites, which led Merrin to believe they were going the right way. And though the sun was riding high beyond the meridian, the disturbances they left behind were minimal. Merrin and Corin went a little way down into a meadow where reeds and rushes were thick around small pools. An equal distance between the ruined pump houses of two flooded mine shafts. Merrin scanned the fields adjacent to the meadow and saw large surfaces of exposed granite extending into the surrounding woods. Let's try there, the girl said. Shaded under the trees and accompanied by the bubbling ebbs of the sacred spring of Carnuni, the pair prepared to take their next sample. Corin drilled into the earth and Merrin watched carefully. As Corin dug, the sun dropped further in the sky and the light buttered. Eventually, the extraction arm pulled a slender rock from the borehole. It's full of holes, more than before, and it's wet and warm. Let's see if Lithium's been swimming here. Merrin placed the sample into Corin's open chamber. The results were good. Very rich indeed, lass, said Corin. We struck white gold, yelled Merrin, jigging in celebration. She looked up at the illuminated scorecard in the sky, but the zero next to her name had not changed. She focused again. Let's get cracking, Corin. The unit did an analysis of the seams and fault lines and worked out the best angles for two boreholes, one to pump the lithium water up and one to pump the clean water back down. Corin drilled two holes in the earth the diameter of teacups. You're going to be a giant snake with two heads and one belly, said Merrin. One mouth to suck the water sprites up and one to spit them back down and a hungry belly to pull the lithium out. Corin lowered a balloon-like contraption underground and inflated it to plug the hole and keep any rain out. They began pumping. The timer on Corin's face now read 04-16-00, but all Merrin could do was wait. 
with Corin pumping and filtering as much lithium as could be extracted, Merrin paced about, trying to control her nerves. At the nearby spring of Karn Uni, her grandfather had told her many times the fairy folk danced under the trees to their pipe music. Alongside the little people dressed in green tunics, some with crowns and others accompanied by chuffs or mice, some bareheaded and some sporting curious caps, and the little grey men that carry the sleepy winds and the laughing pisky gentry, and those greedy spriggans. She reached into Corin's replicator and asked, Cup please, Corin." and the gears clicked and the nibs pointed, soon dropping a small cup into Merrin's hand. She wandered back towards the meadow and knelt down by the freshwater spring. We are earth-born, she whispered, and scooped the water. She placed the cup to her mouth and drank. Plovers called over Merrin's head. Curlews whistled around her, and an owl, whoo-hoo, as an evening drew in. Spirits above and spirits below, Corin said when she returned. What does the Kurnow Academy motto mean, then? Oh, Corin, have you forgotten everything? I can tell you anyway, Merrin said. There's an overworld and an underworld. What ain't been grown must have been mined. Throughout time, all our metals, plastics, minerals, ceramics, all materials which ain't wood or some plant or animal must have been dug up. That is to say, there's an overworld for plants and animals and us humans. And then there's a counterworld, an underworld, where our imaginations and dreams lie sleeping. The mother of blazing stones lives down there, and all the spirits and the dreams of inventive humans. You, Corin, were an underworld dream once, too. <laughs> I'm an imagination, lass, Corin chuckled. Well, yes, I think you're a beautiful imagination. Earthborns can't live well without dreams. We were reaching down into the underworld and pulling out imaginings such as yourself, Corin, even before anyone had mining units. Merrin's expression changed and she pushed one fist hard against her other hand. Farmers made clay pots and vases. Artists reached into the earth and pulled out marble sculptures of gods and goddesses. Inventors reached down and pulled up metal cars and skyscrapers of glass, metal and concrete. There are spirits up here dreaming, but we need to go under the world to make the dreams reality and the mother of burning stone reaches up to us too, with her magma and elvens. We miners are the ones who move between worlds, and we need permission from all the spirits above and all the spirits below, otherwise the whole thing just turns upside down. That's as good an explanation as I've ever heard. But what about the ancestor machines, the fossil machines that left so many scars on our earth? Were they evil? No, they ain't evil. Just learning. We're still learning. After all, they made us, didn't they? You come from a long line of machines to climb out from under the soil, Corrin. 
your grandees and grandfathers, as their rusting gears and screeching parts began to grind to halt, they were the ones who dug you up, and their corroding bits were put into you. The fossil machines built the new robots like you, and no mining hurt the earth. It was mining that helped save it. The Great Reboot was only possible because we taught you machines to eat a better diet. Merrin picked a bilberry from a bush and popped it in her mouth. See, for energy I eat fruit and vegetables and things from the surface of the earth, whereas your ancestors had to eat gasoline and oil and things native to the underworld. Eating those fuels made your farts toxic and really damaged the balance of the atmosphere. Lithium was an early key, Corin, because lithium batteries allowed us to pull robots up from under the earth who drink and eat from the sun, wind and sea to nourish your body from the overworld like us humans. And that causes less pollution and keeps all the spirits in balance, above and below. The mining unit whirred its gears in contemplation. Merrin squished another berry between her fingers and laughed as it popped. She reached over to Corin and placed a hand on its surface. It doesn't really matter if we don't pass the lithium level and travel into space together. We are both Earthborn, and the most important thing is to look after what we have here. Suddenly the sky lit up as the projections changed again. Time's out, lass, Corin said letting the hot water drain away with a final glug. The timer showed zero, 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 zero. Where do we muster? asked the girl. Gwenna Pitt's speaking place. Merrin put the empty cup into Corin's replicator and the unit disassembled and reabsorbed the parts. <laughs> <laughs>